0: all right good morning everybody mike courtney here mass mutual eastern pennsylvania on a beautiful wednesday morning beginning of march i'm joined by steve parisi president and ceo of ibc global steve almost springtime we were just talking about it feeling good how's everything going this
1: week fantastic my friend mile a minute as always but it is a really nice nice morning out today um which is great because this winter's been cold. But um yeah. Good. Thanks. How about you? Good. Winter great. was cold, but felt short
0: for some reason. Uh yeah. I don't usually say that this time of year. I'm usually kind of, you know, amped to get outside, which I am, but uh, yeah. you know, yeah. not the not the same uh drudgery of months <laughs> that it felt like in past years. Right on. Right on. Um, today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh some of the the brokers and advisors that we deal with. Um, For those of you who don't know, Steve uh, runs a really successful and impressive practice um, where they work with clients on maximizing solutions involving cash value life insurance uh, in a variety of aspects. Uh, But Steve also works with a lot of independent brokers who, you know, sign up to be a part of his platform in some way. There's a couple of different ways that you can get involved with Steve and his team. And benefit from the the platform that they've built, and uh, you know. Similarly, I deal with independent brokers and financial advisors day in and day out. I mean, those are my clients. That's who I'm looking to attract to write mass mutual business. So, you know, over the years, Steve, what have you seen that is really the sign of someone who is? very successful and maybe a good fit for this type of business or to feed into to what we do on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah, there's a a lot of things Um, and to narrow it down, if you're going to take Agent A versus Agent B, like what's the difference or how to thrive in the business is the key because you've got superstars, people that do very, very well um, and are the leaders in the space versus those that are decent and then most that don't make it. Speaking statistically right about 92% of, of people in the insurance space life insurance fail out financial services. It's difficult So, you know if I were to to Summarize it or just say one thing the person that does very very well um, And typically becomes a leader in the space Will be the person that has an absolute laser focus on their customers the clients they're working with They're going to listen to them and do everything for the customer, not for the insurance carrier, the management uh, that they work for, but it's the customer, the customer, the customer. Um, That is the difference where I will see someone bend over backward for the client instead of saying, well, this is the way I was taught to do things, so it's the only way you can do it, Mr. Client. And the client says, I'm not working with you, I'm going to work with someone else, and then they fail out. Um, But that, that laser focus on the consumer there's many things but that's that's what I would point to where I see someone who does very, very well even people who and this is all businesses that have done phenomenal in business right? But just you know seven, eight figure net worths nine figure net worths it, it goes beyond the money like they will still work with anyone and bend over backwards to make sure that that consumer is satisfied with the product or strategy they're putting in force like that would would be the difference in my opinion just from observation and we try and i try to stay true to that even when you're when i'm feeling tired (laughs) yeah what about i feel i always feel like there's a real fine line where
0: you know like i was never i'm never impressed by like the talking head mentality if i'm going to work with someone in this kind of capacity who's going to be an advisor i want to know that they know their stuff and i want to know that they know the product inside and out and the process inside and out but as an advisor to be so knowledgeable yet also not get completely lost in all the minutia is i think is really challenging i had a friend at one point, who was contemplating a career change. He was an electrical engineer. Um, I would say, you know, kind of, you, you know, stereotype engineer, uh, super analytical um, things or issues or problems that would take me two or three minutes to resolve. He would probably resolve much better and much more complete, but it would take him three hours. You know, he was the type of person who like, I would ask him to help me move a piece of furniture at my house. And when he showed up, I was like, why did I ask him? Because, (laughs) you know, I would have just kind of gotten it out the door. And now we're like, taking the taking an hour to take the door off the hinges. And, you know, Uh, so he was contemplating a move as a financial advisor. And in order to do that, we went through a case on him so he could see the process. And before the policy was issued, in a fr- one of my best friends, in a friendly and nice way, I told him that I wasn't interested in working with him anymore as his advisor. And I really didn't think that he should be become- good. I was like, you're never going to close any business because you're constantly questioning everything you know real thirsty for knowledge had to understand the ins and outs of every little thing which you and your team are like that sometimes too but how do you not get lost in you know is this really important this material (laughs) you know i just spent three hours working on this this isn't producing any revenue is it important to my business? Like where, where do you how do you find that line?
1: Yeah that that is a fantastic question when you've got product and industry knowledge product and industry experience a very very smart guy your friend sounds like yeah. um, but with the engineer mindset he will dig into it all day long And from a sales perspective or business driving revenue perspective, it's like you're going to sit here and just do nothing but analyze things all day. And you're going to fail. you have to monetize
0: your time. I think, you know, I mean, you have to be able to say at the end of the day, you know, I work, you know, I I was on for 15 hours today and I generated X amount of revenue. And if you don't, Think of it that way then you're not really running a business.
1: So yeah, so here's how I would approach that because that, that's that been a weakness of mine where I really like to dig into things and understand it. Um, but then when you communicate that to potential customers you have to do things properly. I can't go spill out 15 hours of here's how PUA fees work and such like it. Who cares? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I enjoy it. Other brokers and agents may enjoy it. Some engineers we work with really enjoy it. But for the most part, the average consumer is not going to care. So if you're the type that likes to really dig into the product and you want to know what it is that you're selling so you feel confident about it, that's often what that that type of individual will say I have totally, to understand and, and I yeah. respect that and totally yep. understand and, and oftentimes feel the same way yeah. yeah yeah and I'm with you so what should not be done because this happens a lot in the industry is like well who cares don't even look at it just sell it because then an engineer is going to say no you just want me to sell it like I need to understand it so I know what I'm doing is truly right for the client so taking in that knowledge the first thing you can do if you want to do everything on your own is practice your communication skills. You now know everything how do you communicate it in a way that the, the average prospect or potential customer you speak with is going to actually get it. So you've got 20 hours worth of information in your mind that you want to spill out in someone. How do you condense that where you keep the integrity of the, the information you're providing the accuracy everything exactly where it needs to be 5 stars but how do you do it in 2 minutes? How do you do it in 60 seconds? Or how do you do it in a half an hour if it's during a zoom call? Whatever it might be. And the problem that I see in this case is people know this information and they do not rehearse. They don't role play. They don't practice how to actually communicate that and people don't get it. We get it because we, we live it every day but you can't expect a consumer to pick something up after one session that took you years to understand. You know what else, Steve, I think is
0: real important that you guys have done that actually I hadn't thought of this before, but I'm surprised I don't see this more often. A lot of your videos that are very specific to, uh, you know, some kind of particular functionality within whole life or how certain riders work, where you put together a, a minute or a two minute long video that explains all that but then you're done that yeah. if that comes, I mean, you may have to tweak that down the road or you may have to add to that. But if someone is consistently questioning, you know, fees involved in uh, PUA payments with different carriers, and you can summarize all of that in a yeah. two minute video. And then that is your, then that takes that, that that's a lot
1: of time that you don't have to spend going forward. So the fact like documenting a lot of that, I think, is important. Video, yeah, video assets. Being able to to take that information that we get from video the
0: assets, I like that.
1: Yeah. So so an example on that. So like PUA fees that comes up all the time with a lot of people we work because it's confusing, right? How come all of my PUA payments not showing up? It, it doesn't make sense on the illustration. So we broke it down, I, I broke it down just taking time going through it um, with if we take Mass Mutual, they're old legacy products then they're new products, their new products different products have different PUA fees went through the guaranteed values the non-guaranteed values and when you look at the actual PDFs that are produced it's like an encyclopedia when I'm done with all of the runs and then I'll do the same thing for Guardian. Yep. So not exaggerating you've got two to 300 pages of just data there like you can't give that to someone. You can't give them two pages. Too much. So what we do, it, what I what I did when I go through this with the PUA analysis overview is take that data, put it onto Excel, break it down, and just say, okay, here's exactly what I need. Discard the rest. Here's exactly how the PUA fee works. I pay in ten thousand dollars year one. Um, with the old legacy product, I have ninety five percent. 10,000 I've got 9,500 in PUA's with a new product. I've got 92% because the PUA fee is higher But then we'll look at the annual internal rate of return isolating PUA dollars then also the average So putting all of that in Excel with each product for Mass and Guardian and then creating a video Just like what I would go through in a meeting with you explaining it line by line walking through so that might take me it took me about 15 hours for all the different products just from the research to, to video shooting But then it's done just like you said So now when someone I mean, over, has, a you know, say over a five-year period it probably saved you a hundred hours Correct and think of it this think of it this way too If you're leading your brokers and your brokers run into that question You'll try you'll explain it to them and then they'll say okay I don't really get it then they go trying to explain what they partially understood to a prospect prospect loses confidence in them and goes and talks to someone else. Right. Right. So if you can say and here's exactly what we do when that question comes up we provide the video content to our newer agents who are not experienced enough to answer those questions they might start to understand it but it's hard to articulate that properly provide the videos to them they provide it to the prospect the prospect says I get it let's move on to the next steps so you just saved hours and hours of work (laughs) through uh, the video asset or however it doesn't always have to be videos however you're communicating that to the potential prospect. Some kind of documentation of you know Correct but you know to kind of get back to the point like how to thrive in the business we're talking about knowledge and experience here so technical aspects exist in this business and in every business really but how do you take in that knowledge And then how do you properly communicate it is the big thing. And if we go back to your friend the engineer how do you communicate it effectively? And if you're doing things on your own you have to practice and you also have to be aware or someone has to bring that awareness to you to know what you're saying here is going to go over most people's heads. Dumb it down more. Carve out a lot of stuff that you might feel like oh that's so important carve it out. Repackage it in a different method or a different way. This way, the communication is what it needs to be, but it's effective with reaching the proper audience. Um, and that 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 never ends. It took me years to do because I was I was the guy who'd always bomb presentations in front of people. Like literally, didn't know what to say. Sat back down. I could tell you embarrassing stories, but but that happened. So the only way to overcome that is to practice, which is a big time investment. Um, so that's the first way. And then the second way is much easier if you're saying, Okay, I like digging into this like your friend, but and you're saying to him, Hey, this isn't for you because you're gonna have a hard time selling it. it.
0: Yeah. Well, I know <laughs> this guy inside me out too. Yeah.
1: This is all so, it. No, so no. use the Bill Gates example. Bill Gates, right, brilliant guy when he started Microsoft, wasn't good at sales. He used to <laughs> just Dig, dig, dig into the the pro- programming. Um, I can't really articulate what he did but he was very, very good at programming, computers. That was his thing. Selling, like he wasn't good at it. He would sweat, get nervous, um, would start to sink, stink. I heard stories like he wouldn't shower for days because he would just work, work, work and he would bomb sales presentations. So what he did was bring in a sales guy bad. and smell bad. <laughs> bad, right? But you've got someone who's not who I'm sure he is now but who wasn't that good at sales but a genius in another area, very effective, right, with all of the nitty-gritty data. So what he did was bring in a sales guy, someone who's very good at communicating things. Maybe it's through story story selling. But Bill's looking at it and saying, here's the product that has to be delivered. I'm the one manufacturing this. So it's still my product. The integrity of it still exists. And I've got a salesperson I trust that I click with that I can grow, grow and together. And he can
0: still, he's going to, you know, the, the narrative of the story is going to be his, his- design just the delivering of the story will be someone else
1: correct correct so two routes there one if you want to do it on your own you've got to invest the time right personal development practice the communication and such if that's a challenge bring in a partner yeah yeah there you go what about
0: uh systems and process i think that that that's so important even if you're one man show uh really clearly defined because otherwise you know, and even on a smaller scale, I go through phases in my life and in my my business life where I feel like I'm in a bad rut where I'm just kind of waking up, responding to emails, making phone calls. Everything's on the fly. I feel like I'm organized, but I'm really not. And you have to know how to pull yourself out of that and kind of say, what's, you know, what am, what am I trying to accomplish here? And what's the best way to accomplish it? Is it, it's not typically fly by the seat of your pants and just try
1: to work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not usually enough to to really get it done. Works in the beginning when you're starting yeah. things out and you've only got so many people to work with. And, and that type of person usually does well. Where they struggle is in phase two. Like phase one, zero to a million dollars in revenue or sales a grinder, right? A workhorse that you're just going to put the pedal to the metal and yeah. knock out everything that comes in front Brantic. of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you're, you're gaining a lot of experience that way. You get to a point when you've got so many people to work with, like you can't do that. You've got to be productive with your time. And here's the biggest struggle going back to agent A versus agent B. Agent A has that grinder mentality. They're just going to fly and get everything done where they're going to feel like their heads underwater is when things get so overwhelming they're going 10 million miles per hour and there's more stuff at the end of the day than there was at the beginning of the day. You ever see how um, Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey when he's typing on the computer a mile yeah. a minute <laughs> and he's got more emails afterwards than <laughs> when he started? That's how you feel sometimes. So in that particular case, you do need to get organized. Like what we've done is bring in more people um, and, and train them properly a perfect example occurred this morning. Um, we inherited a policyholder. They've got policies with MassMutual. They want to make some changes on their policy. Um, agent, An agent emails me says, okay, what do we do in this particular case? I can respond in 2 ways. 1. Reach out to Client Relations, right? Our Client Relations department and then they'll work with you and MassMutual on the changes, which they could, but this is a a case where I looked at it and said okay they're not trained here so you want to reach out to client relations but here's exactly what you should, should ask for. 1. If you can get the original illustration that'll work. What's the original coverage? What's the current premium and PUA payments? If you can get, a, If you know what they paid when they first started the policy that helps. All of the information with respect to what they have right now exactly with their life insurance policy. And then what changes are they interested in? Do they want to reduce the face amount? Reduce the mech limit? Do they want to pay more toward PUAs? This way we know exactly what to do on that change paperwork and the process is smooth and then also when I put those bullet points there they see here's the before and after so they can take it and say okay here's what we need to do they learn from that and then as they work together as a team it gets much much easier. Have you found
0: certain groups or certain advisors have really flourished with you guys, yeah. Or um, like
1: like a certain type. Um, that's a good question. So I, I think we do attract people who are more analytical than most. They they like the numbers and the spreadsheets. Um, but but I have noticed we attract a good deal of people that just want to grow their business and they want accurate information. Just. Accurate information because they're interested in serving their clients right. Um, We focus on cash accumulation sales like that's what we do how to maximize the cash value. Um, I've noticed particularly over the past 12 months this has always been the case but more so people reaching out newer agents saying hey I'm working with another group right now and they say the best way to design policies is the way they do it right with a certain percentage going toward base premium and PUA and I'm just looking at it and I don't feel like I I understand all of it. I want to know more going back to your engineer buddy. Um, But they're trying to understand things and they're not getting answers. So they'll reach out to us. I'll have typically a call with them and just go through different ways to design policies, different companies, different products. And a lot of times they'll say, okay, how do we work together? And we've got ILS which helps with the coaching and training. Um, But then they'll they'll end up working with us in that respect. So to answer your question, um, people that want to understand how the product works, they want to do the best by their client, Right, they want to set the policy up for the client how they want it set up um, and often will attract that type of person if that makes
0: sense. Right, consumer focused and growth focused.
1: Consumer, 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 that's it. And a big thing too um, what I've also noticed the people we attract are people that are just consumer focused and they don't get caught up in a big competitive war. Um, I don't want to start talking about competition today, but just in the insurance industry, whether you talk about agency and agencies and brokers at the lower level or at the top, insurance companies, instead of describing their product, their services, how they can serve the client, often if another if a competitor comes up, it's like, well, here's a million reasons why they suck, and you should just work with me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do that kind of stuff. Um, so I, we try so hard not to do that and just focus on what the consumer wants and show all the options like the Amazon model Um, and that's very very effective so people agents and brokers that are attracted to that and are kind of repelled by the the negativity and trash talking others um, we do attract that type of individual too
0: yeah I think it's hard sometimes I mean people are as an advisor uh, you know I've never been uh, an independent financial advisor um, and I'm open and honest about that. Like, I, I never take the approach with my, the brokers that I work with that I'm, I think the expectation from, uh, you know, like mass mutual management would be that I'm in a position where I'm supposed to be training them or I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, I'm like their glorified sales manager. I mean, these guys do something that uh, I've never done. Um, frankly, never really, it's not, I just, it wasn't a path that I ever pursued and, or wanted to pursue. Um, so I don't feel like I'm in a position where I can train them, but I have seen a lot of success and failure and there is a particular part of the business that I can help with. I always feel feel for them when, when it's like, there's so much information out there and you know, you've got a family and you're trying to make money. You're trying to, uh, get in front of clients. You're trying to find new clients. And, um, there's wholesalers like me who are just constantly pressing for business and talking about how great their product is. And I think it's easy to get lost if you don't have real laser focus, and real good systems and processes in place. You know, then you are getting pulled in a bunch of different directions. And, you know, it's pretty easy. If you get lucky with some, you know, Allianz indexed annuity sales, you know, the Allianz wholesaler starts to feel like your client, not your yeah. clients, mm-hmm. you
1: know? And that's, an, it's, it's just, a you know, you can, you can get a little mixed up. You can right and as a broker too, broker agent I and mean, all the same thing if an experienced wholesaler or someone that has been in the business for a long time says hey we've got this great new product here's all the benefits that's often the foundation where a broker says okay it's coming from them they're, they're right they're a reputable source so yeah let, let's do it right away. And I are. mentioned Allianz, not to, I'm not, Allianz is a great
0: company, uh, but it just, something popped into my head. I was having a conversation with someone one day who was, I had previously done a lot of business with and they had kind of disappeared and we were talking and he was, he was writing a lot of uh, Allianz annuities and we started talking about it. And I, I just, I, we had a, we had a good friendly relationship. I started laughing said, you sound like the, um, you sound like an Allianz wholesaler. And he's like, well, actually, there's a guy who, um, took up temporary space in our building. He's the uh, annuity wholesaler. And we've been going out to lunch a lot. I said, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there you go. Mean, you sound like you're reciting a sales pitch, which is fine, but, um, you know, it's easy to get swayed in different directions if you're the type of person who likes to be sold.
1: Yeah. You know? Which most people are. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Yeah.
0: And if it's a, you know, if it's a sexy or exciting or, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, there's something to the conversation and the talk that turns you on in some way, then yeah, like that's going to be on your mind and that's going to pop up as like, all oh, right, I got to talk about this or this is mm-hmm. something I heard about to turn me on or wh- whatever. Yeah. and it might not be the best thing for your business
1: so, so you have to you really got to stay focused if your customer doesn't care don't don't, don't even bother right yeah. <laughs> don't don't yeah. even bother yeah and you'll know within a couple of minutes if they care or not you can ask them too often i'll ask because i know i've i've learned that a big problem i have is sometimes going into too much detail so i'll ask when i do i first you, can, do you care about this right uh, i'll ask or you know with the question you just just asked I can go into detail on it. Do you really want the nitty gritty, like the detailed analysis? Do you want to know how the watch was built or just want the quick answer? and it's surprising, you know, It's it's probably 60-40 with 60% saying, I want to know the ins and outs of it. I'm like, all right, no problem. Um, but then 40%, one guy told him, he goes, nobody cares about that stuff. Just give me the 60 second overview. I'm like, hey, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is, but everyone's different. So that's where you have to feel the audience, right? You have to really learn, call it the game, become a master of the game and not just go through the motions. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. This has been great. We could talk about this all day. I think you know at the end of the day, and you know what I've tried to do for, for anybody who's listening out there. I think you can tell from listening to Steve and I talk that you know we've both we have specific processes and systems in place, and 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 you know we are both laser focused on our business, but um, the spirit of it all is being adaptable to your your client, right? So uh, Steve is very adaptable to his clients and has found a way to, you know, apply his, his working process and system and work with a variety of different clients. And I'm the same way with, with financial advisors. So if you're, if you're specifically, if you're an advisor or a broker out there and you want to learn more about um, cash value solutions, permanent life insurance, and how to enhance the cash value and really use that cash value to your advantage in a variety of different ways. Uh, I'm telling you that Steve and his team are the best in the business, and you should reach out to them. My role is uh, Mass Mutual Brokerage Director. So if you are out there and you think you would benefit or your clients would benefit from a relationship with Mass Mutual, whether it's whole life, disability, long term care, fixed annuities. Uh, my shop is, you know, annually a top 10 shop in the country. And, uh, you know, we're the best of the best and we're proud of it. So feel free to reach out to either of us at any time. And Steve, next week when we talk, we'll be we'll be that much closer to spring and summer. And, uh, you know, it's keep getting
1: happier and happier. Right on, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time as always. And I'll talk to you next week.
0: Enjoy the rest of the week. All right, enjoy. See you.